Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Super Knight. I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we're talking about stop saving for your retirement. Wait, what, what, what do you it? mean? Stop saving for your retirement? What should we do instead? Well, look, we need to rethink how we think about retirement. And it is a big bugbear of mine because what do people do when they think they need to prepare for retirement? So I remember, anyone that's come to one of my older seminars will, will have heard this story, but I'll refresh your memory. I remember uh, maybe five years ago, we were playing a game at Christmas called Family Future. Do you know this game? Yes, it's where you survey 100 people or they survey 100 people to get the wisdom of crowds yeah. to see a, an answer to some question. Yeah. I remember watching one episode, which is, what is a slang term for dinner? And then they'll, they'll survey these 100 people and you'll get to vote. And then basically, Ed and I are the contestants and we take guesses as to what people have said. So what's the slang term for dinner? Tea. Yeah, that was number one with over 50%. Yeah, yeah. My favourite is Tucker. Tucker! Tucker. Okay. So coming back to your story. So we played this, and honestly, this is verbatim how it happened. We were at my sister's house. This was the Kiwi version. And the first card that came out of the box was... How do you get rich? And it was me against my dad. So there was no way he was going to win this against me. And so I buzzed and I said, property. And my nephew, who was the score holder, said, that's number five. It was real estate. And I was very upset about this. I thought you were excited because there were five other ways that you were going to make your millions. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, if there was something better on that card, I would have quit the Property Academy podcast and be doing that. Anyway, I thought you said it was five years ago. This this podcast only started three oh, years ago. God, this, this is why no one likes you. Story very inconsistent. <laughs> anyway, my dad buzzed and he said work hard. And I laughed and laughed and laughed and thought, how's that gone for you for the last 40 years, John? And anyway, that was number two. That was number two. Work hard. Better than buying real estate. Number one was safe which is absolutely atrocious. The fact that your average Kiwi thinks that saving is more effective to get rich than buying property. And what we mean by saving is putting money into a savings account, maybe something like a term deposit, maybe something like an on-call account, but keeping the money reasonably liquid. So low risk, but relatively low return. Now, Andrew, I know you keep that wee card, though, from that Family Feud game somewhere in your office. It's on your desk. Yeah, it is currently on my desk, but why do you keep it around? To remind me that the average Kiwi needs some education around ways to get rich. So what I want you to do, though, is instead of thinking about saving for your retirement, I need you to start saying and change your language to say, I need to invest for my retirement, not save for my retirement. I need to invest for my retirement. And I know this is just a small change in words, but words matter, especially when we're talking about investing over the long term, because it is going to surprise you from the number crunching I've got today, how much it costs you if you decide to take a low risk saving strategy. You are going to have to stump up significantly more money because you have decided to go for a low-risk strategy if that's what you do indeed decide to do. And I want to show you the difference that this actually makes, and I want you to pay attention to the difference between what you need to put away to achieve your goal based on the risk you take. So 
Andrew, up here, I've, I've built you a little spreadsheet. I like it. Let's go through what you would need to put away, either invest or save per week, to end up in 15 years' time with $1 million in net assets. So the goal is a $1 million. If you were going to save that and you were getting a 2% return in the bank, for 15 years, you would need to save $1,100 per week. So if I want a million dollars, I need $1,100 per week that I'm going to put into that bank account. For 15 years. Quite a long time and quite a lot of money. $1,100 a week is a significant amount of money. Hey, these numbers, by the way, not inflation adjusted, just to be clear. Okay. Now, let's say you had a managed fund and it was a balanced fund getting a 5% return, which is actually pretty generous for a balanced fund. And that would be after fees. Yes. Then you'd need to save $861 a week. And the thing about a balanced fund is it is slightly higher risk than savings, though over 15 years you probably wouldn't miss it. But what I want you to pay attention to is the difference. If you go with savings, a 2% return, you need to put away $1,100 a week. If you go with a balanced fund, you need to put $861 a week. Now, what's the important figure there? Well, the fact that you're putting $238 less in. That's the important point. The cost of not taking risk is $238 a week. So if you decide to take a lower risk strategy, it's going to cost you almost $240 a week. Going with lower risk investment options costs you money because if you want to reach the same goals, you have to put in more money. And that is a cost. Nobody tells you that going for a low risk strategy costs you money over the long run. What about shares, Andrew? Now, shares, which is normally considered higher risk than property, but we're going to cover that next. So let's say you get a 10% year-on-year return on your investment in shares. For 15 years, you'd need to put aside $553 a week. So about half of what it was for savings. Yep. So the cost, and bear in mind, 10% return on shares is probably pretty generous generous. if we're talking about 15 years. But again, I'm just trying to give you some ballpark numbers. But in that scenario, the cost of taking a low-risk strategy is almost $550 a week. So you can put away half as much money but generate the same amount of return over that 15-year period under these ballpark assumptions. And I'm keeping this simple to get the principle across. And the principle is a low-risk strategy costs money too. What about leveraged property, Andrew? Just talk about what we mean by leveraged property. So we mean property, but with debt on it. And what numbers have you used, Ed? So I've got an $800,000 property going up at 6% a year. So that would be a townhouse in Auckland, depending on where you're buying, probably two bedrooms, a really nice two bedroom. Two or three bedrooms. Something along those lines. And I'm going to assume, basic numbers, this is probably a bit generous, that you're putting in on average, 200 bucks a week for this over 15 years. Which actually I think would be true on average for the next 10 years. But then after that, you'd probably see it being positively geared. So for the last five years, you wouldn't be making a contribution. But let's be conservative. Yep. So we're going to say, and we're going to ignore in this case, the fact that you've also got to put in a deposit. We're going to assume that's borrowed like we would with most things. But the key point is you're going to have to put $200 a week in to top up this investment property. And after 15 years of owning that, I'm going to assume that you're going to sell that property, 
pay the real estate agent, pay the lawyers, all of that stuff, pay back the mortgage, and you're going to be left with actually just over a million dollars. Now, if I look at what that return is per year, just based on the 200 bucks a week you're putting in as cash flow, like you would for shares or a balanced fund or savings, that's actually a 20.1% average return over that 15-year period. And that's because you're taking out debt to purchase an $800,000 property, and then that's what's going up by 6% per year. And I think that's one of the big things that people forget about, the fact that if you're using someone else's money to invest, then you get a much higher percentage return than the return that you're getting on the asset. So what I mean by that is, although we're working on a 6% capital growth rate, it works out to be much higher because you're using the bank's money. In this case, we're saying you're putting 200 bucks a week away to end up with that same million dollars by the end of your 15 years. Now, let's come back to that question of how much does not taking risk cost you? In this case, you want to create a million dollars a year per savings, you need to put away $1,100 a week. Doing it through a leveraged property, same million dollars, or slightly over actually, you've got to put away $200 a week in these ballpark numbers. So the cost of not taking risk in that situation is $900 a week. And what I'm really just trying to get across to you is risk has a cost because some bad things can happen and that can be costly, but not taking risk has a cost as well because you have to put in significantly more money. You've got to put away significantly more money but because you're getting a lower return, that's why you have to end up investing significantly more. Now, the cost of taking risk are things like your returns might not eventuate as planned. There could be volatility in the market. You've got to sell at the wrong time, and that means you make a loss. There could be an extended period of a flat market that makes you feel like you've made a bad decision. Those are the costs of taking risk. But if you are serious about a goal, there is a cost of not taking risk, which in this situation is $900 a week. And the question that I sometimes ask people is, can you afford $900 a week? Oh, great. That is exactly what I was going to say. I, I think that given I work with a lot of investors every year, there are very few people that I know that could put aside $1,100 a week. $200 a week? Absolutely. But $1,100 a week? Probably not many. And so a lot of people just kind of defer that decision because they think, oh, and no, I don't want to take on the risk. But you are taking on risk by doing nothing because you're not going to reach your goal. And if you're not willing to pay for that risk or that lack of risk, and I really do want you to kind of flip your thinking and, and say, well, if I'm not taking on risk, I do need to pay for that if I'm serious about my goal. Well, there's only a couple of things you can do. You either need to compromise on your goals and not set your sights as aggressively because you can't have an aggressive goal and then take a very conservative investment strategy unless you are putting away an aggressive amount of money per week in terms of savings. So you either need to compromise on your goals or you need to compromise on your risk profile and the amount of risk that you are willing to take on. And if you're not taking on enough risk right now, one of those things need to change. You either need to take on more risk or you need to have less conservative goals or you need to start putting in more money into that low-risk investment that you're currently making. That's assuming that you're not currently on track for your goals. And look, the way that you figure out whether you are on track for your goals or not is to use our My Wealth Plan software. And over the Christmas break and the New Year's period, 
it's a great time to sit down, take 15 minutes, pour yourself a glass of wine, pop your numbers in and actually see, am I on track or not? And my sincere hope is that you are, but the truth is from a lot of the investors we work with, you often have quite aggressive goals in your head, but what you're currently doing is the investments you currently have aren't quite matching up with that picture that you've got in your head. And so using the software, that's going to help you start to put that plan in place. Easy way to do it because it's free, mywealthplan.opuspartners.co.nz or just tap or swipe over the cover art. I'll put a link in the show notes. And of course, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And I do hope that this episode helps you realize that, yep, risk has a cost, but not taking risk also has a cost because I think that's something very few people think about. listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.